Hey there, welcome to the Very Grateful Mind podcast. I'm your host, Vioni Madeline, and I'm really happy that you're here with me. Frankly, I don't know who's listening, how many people are listening. I do this because I enjoy it and I get hits of inspiration and I feel the call to just get on in front of of a microphone and just start talking. So this week, this is January, 2022. Wow. And this week I started teaching yoga in a studio and it's been great being with other people, being able to teach in front of a group has been life-giving to me. And with putting together a class comes the different parts of it that you have to put together. So from putting together the flow of the class, the different poses to the music, to the theme. um, I just, I love the entire process. I love it. And those that have come to my, excuse me, you get some water. those that have um, taken my classes, many of them have been giving me feedback that they can see how much I love it. And through that, I have that energy that other people seem to really love and enjoy. And it just, <laughs> it just ignites my fire even more to keep doing what I'm doing. But I wanted to get on here today to talk about the themes that I've had this week. And I've been talking about the yamas of yoga. And the yamas are like the moral, ethical code of yoga. I could, you know, if that's what I could call it, um, principles that yoga stands by. And this week we went over two different ones, ahimsa and satya. So ahimsa means nonviolence, nonviolence, non-harm. Pretty self-explanatory, right? When you think of ahimsa, nonviolence, think about what comes to mind for you. Just ponder on that just for a moment. For me, the very first thing that comes to mind is that song, Where is the Love by the Black Eyed Peas? If you're not familiar with it, I highly recommend looking it up. Um, But, you know, we're, we're always looking for the love and it seems like You'll hear a lot of people say, oh, we live in such a dark world. 
Well, yeah, but we also live in a really light world. (laughs) Because everywhere we go, there's a balance of all things. But let's dive into ahimsa. You may or may not know this about me, but I absolutely love all the witchy things I love. Oracle cards, tarot cards, crystals, (laughs) essential oils. I've just really, I love it. I love to play around with it. Um, To me, it's just, it's just a fun thing to do. And whether or not you believe in the powers of those things, I think is irrelevant. (laughs) Um, Some people say that these things have energy and power, regardless of whether or not you believe in it. To me, I just, I really like them. They, for me, crystals are reminders of who I am and the power that I have within. And I think a lot of these tools for me are just reminders of who I am at my core and to remain true to that. So that being said, I just wanted to put that out there. I love all those things. And the reason why I bring it up is because I have this Oracle card deck by this spiritual influencer, I guess you could call her, I don't know, on, um, on Instagram. And she's also an author of several books. Her name's Sahara Rose. And this Oracle card deck is called A Yogic Path. And it was actually a gift to me by one of my really dear friends. And she's also a health coach. And she, she thought I'd really love it, which she's right. I love this card deck. I always use it. (laughs) So within this card deck, it has different things, anywhere from yogic principles to Ayurveda, which is the sister practice of yoga. It's basically like the medicine scientific side of yoga to Hindu deities and things like that. But what I love about this card deck is it just serves as reminders and things to kind of just focus on for the day. And it has in it the yogic yamas, the yamas and the niyamas. So I've turned to the page where it talks about Ahimsa, and I'm going to read what it says about it. So when you pull an Oracle card, for example, you'll either pull it upright or upside down, reverse. So the way to use this card deck is when you pull the card, however the card is facing you is what you would read from the little card guide that it comes with. I'm going to read both to you. And I just want you to sit here and I just want you to be present and ponder about Ahimsa and what this means to you and what comes up for you. So if you pull the card upright, it says, you have been observant of how your thoughts affect your actions and how your actions reflect the quality of your life. The through actively changing your internal monologue, you're manifesting a heightened state of consciousness and a new paradigm. 
Continue to fine-tune your inner language to radiate compassion, joy, and peace. Even the most disciplined yogis still often look in the mirror and think negative thoughts about themselves, get frustrated when stuck in traffic, or speak words to a loved one that don't radiate pure love. These moments are your guru, reminding you of where you still need to grow. Overcoming your triggers facilitates growth. Each time you feel the voice of negativity come through, sing back to it words of ahimsa, compassion. You'll quickly find these words echoed back by all those you encounter. So just think about that for a moment. You can even pause here. If you have any thoughts and you like to journal, you can do that. Um, I'll also share kind of some reflection I had as I was reading that. It is very true that disciplined yogis, even yoga teachers like myself, think negative thoughts about, I think about things that make me frustrated all the time. I have negative self-talk. Even when planning a yoga class, if I'm stuck in this mode of perfectionism, I can be really hard on myself. But what I've been learning is I, if I let, I, if I just let go and I enjoy the process and I just do it because I love doing it. It flows ever so lightly and effortlessly. And that's where I'm practicing ahimsa because I'm practicing non-harm, non-violence to myself, turning that negative self-talk into, no, I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to enjoy the process. And another thought is when you do have those negative thoughts and feelings, those can also be reminders of maybe something's out of alignment. Maybe, for example, let's say I am planning a class and I start to get frustrated. I was enjoying the process. It was going well. And I start to get frustrated. Let's say that, oh my goodness, I can't find the specific song or I don't know what pose to put here, or I don't have enough to fill up my time or vice versa. Maybe it's time to just pause, drop it, go do something else to get my mind off of it. And the inspiration will come back and it always does. So not only is this a lesson of non-violence, non-harm, self-love, but it's also a lesson of letting go, not gripping so tightly. So think about when you're stressed out, think about how your body feels. Like right now, take a moment and tense up your entire body, tense up your toes, your ankles, your shins, your thighs, your hips, your abdominals, everything, all the way up to your head, scrunch up your face, and then let it go and breathe deeply. 
just notice how that feels in your body to let go of that tension. That's the feeling of relaxation. And you unknowingly, we all do. If you're a human, you do this. When you're under stress, and some people are unaware that they're under stress. It's happened to me. In fact, I'm in that situation right now, but I digress. When you're under stress, your body tenses. And over time, it becomes chronic. And your body physically holds on to stress. So if you start to practice ahimsa, and you can use this as an intention for your day, reminding yourself that negative self-talk starts to come up, wait a minute, this means I'm out of alignment. Maybe this means I just need a break from something. If you take a moment to breathe, maybe practice tensing up all your muscles and then letting go so you can feel that feeling of relaxation. You'll start to be able to practice more self-love. And you'll start to notice how you actually can manage your own stress and anxiety by just this practice of self-love, self-care. And then what you'll notice, as it says here, you do get stuck in traffic and you get frustrated, right? I mean, it happens. You might start to realize small things start to happen like, oh, I'm not as frustrated when I'm in traffic because I've let go. And then you start to extend this love outwards, maybe extending the benefit of the doubt to someone. You got stuck behind someone going 35 and a 55 and you start to feel yourself get frustrated, but then you see that bumper sticker that says new driver. And then you start to remember, I was a driver like that before. And you start to extend compassion because now you're putting yourself into the shoes of that person. You're starting to remember, yeah, I was that 15-year-old kid that had my driver's permit. I had to drive with my parents. Maybe you weren't that 15-year-old kid. Maybe you were like, I like to speed. But regardless, you start to put yourself in someone else's shoes and then extend compassion by extending a benefit of the doubt and letting go. That's just an example. Something small where, wow, I don't feel as stressed out anymore because does worrying about being behind the person driving 35 miles an hour extend any moment of your life? Does it add any value to you? No, that person is unaware of the fact that you are frustrated with them unless you're honking the horn at them and then you're stressing the hell out of them. And then they're probably going to slow down more (laughs) and causing even worse of a situation. So if we can just take a moment to stop and breathe and realize, look, eventually they're going to probably turn off of this road or maybe you will. And it's all going to be okay. You'll survive. (laughs) I'll go on to read the reverse now. It says, 
It's time to be a little nicer to yourself. Ahimsa, nonviolence, is often practiced by yogis when it comes to others. But what about nonviolence toward ourselves? As the Buddha says, the thought manifests as the word, the word manifests as the deed, the deed develops into habit, and habit hardens into character. So watch the thought and its ways with care and let it spring from love born out of concern for all beings. As the shadow follows the body, as we think, so we become. The way we speak to ourselves becomes the way we speak to others and the reality we reside in. Catch yourself when a self-defeating thought comes to mind. Would you say this to your child, your best friend, or anyone for that matter? Honor yourself in the same way. Let that simmer for a moment. So that's ahimsa, nonviolence. Maybe you decide to use that as your intention for the rest of the day. And you can think about that as a reminder of extending self-love so that then that internal love can spread outwards. Because once you release tension from your mind and your body, it's a lot easier to extend grace outwards as well. Now we'll talk about satya, which means truthfulness. Now, truthfulness, this is where things can be a little gray, sometimes can conflict with non-harm, non-violence. How so? Well, a really small, silly example is, let's say you have a friend who's very different from you, different views, different tastes and likes with how they dress or whatever, right? (laughs) This is just a silly example. And they're wearing something that you don't particularly like because it's not your taste. It's not what you like, right? Some people are extremely blunt. Some people are are eloquent and can work their way around it. But let's say this person asks you if you liked their outfit. Knowing the fact that both of y'all are very different and that you dress differently and you both have different tastes, but you're still very good friends and you pause and you're thinking to yourself, I don't like that outfit. Instead of being super blunt, I mean like, oh, it's awful. Why would you wear such a thing? Like, you know, there's a way to, there's a way to word it. Maybe it's, it really expresses who you are. And I love you. 
something like that, right? Like, it's not like the super blunt truthfulness, but like, you're still being true. You're saying, Hey, I love you. And it doesn't matter what I think. Right. And that way, maybe they can be like, because they know you and yeah, you don't like it. It's like, you could be, you could probably joke around and be like, eh, you know, it's not my style, but I love you. And I love how you express yourself. Something like that. Like just learning how to express the truth in a way that is loving. So using Satya together with Ahimsa rather than (laughs) thinking that you're using Satya. And then it's really the words coming out of your mouth are like daggers (laughs) at someone you know, turning it into a way that's, it can be playful and in love of the other person. So keep that in mind. That's just a very simple example. But as I did with the Ahimsa Oracle card, I will do the same with the Satya Oracle card about truthfulness. So the upright in this Oracle card guide reads, you are moving toward your truth peeling off all layers of inauthenticity that have been placed upon you by societal conditioning. Through this shedding, you are finally feeling truth's bare skin as you place your fingers upon your face, finally coming home to yourself. This truth, Satya, has been dormant inside you all along, waiting until your awakening. Through this process of understanding, unlearning, and evolving, you become a Bodhi, awakened person. Continue to step into this new paradigm of truth as you shed all false beliefs, narratives, and stories so you can emerge as your true self. Ask yourself, where and how can I show up more authentically in my life? What makes me feel like I'm living in my truth? Are my relationships in alignment with who I am at this moment? What masks am I still wearing to make me feel loved, secure, or significant? Just take a moment to think about those things. Maybe you want to pause it, go back to the questions, use this as a journaling exercise, or just pause it and answer out loud wherever you might be. But this process of satya, truthfulness, is the shedding of those things that are no longer who you are. So I can share a personal story here as well. For many years, I felt that I, I mean, as children, we all grow up under our parents' guidance and we take in everything and our world is formed based on our childhood experiences. In fact, your subconscious is fully formed by the time you're eight. So from the time you're born to the time you're about eight, average of eight years old, your subconscious is fully formed and that's your world. And that's how your body reacts to the world as well. Your subconscious thoughts drive your behaviors. 95% of your behaviors are driven by your subconscious and unconscious brain, your mind. 
And then after that is when your cognitive brain begins to, to form. And for me, you know, I grew up religiously. I grew up, you know, wanting to please my parents. That was, you know, part of my personality, part of my subconscious. Like I learned somewhere along the way that when I pleased my parents, I was rewarded. And I carried that with me. I became a people pleaser. I did this with everybody, wanting to please everyone and ignoring my own intuition and the things I desire to do deep down. So I, I made some decisions in my life that over time started to make me feel sick. I, I physically became, became sick because I was working as an accountant, which I did not like. In fact, when I was in college, it was okay. I was good at it. It wasn't something that really lit a fire under my butt. What did light my fire was I loved everything having to do with the human body. I loved new, my nutrition classes. I loved my psychology and sociology classes. I loved anything having to do with physical fitness. So I took basically almost every physical fitness class you could think of. I, I took soccer, Pilates, aerobics, um, all kinds of different exercise classes and health classes. I took nutrition, loved it. And I even thought to myself, I really want to switch my major. But the reason I didn't was because there were societal beliefs that were telling me if I didn't finish school on time, and I'm putting that in air quotes, then I would be a failure. And why would that, why would I be a failure? Well, I grew up learning that I had to marry my boyfriend in order to be able to be intimate with him. And so I wasn't allowed to get married until I was done with school. So I felt like this time crunch, like, oh my gosh, I need to finish school. Who cares what I'm going to do? I just want to go and get married so I can be with my boyfriend who will become my husband. So all these things were going on in my mind, like this narrative, right. was in my mind. And I felt this rush, like I had to, had to finish. And I already chose to be an accountant because, because my dad said one time I'm good at math. So I'd be a good accountant. I didn't even know what an accountant was. <laughs> and then I was scared off by the idea that if I wanted to go into sports medicine, I'd have to go to a different, a different school and it would be really competitive. Well, if I loved it, if look, if I could go back and tell myself what I know now, I'd say, Hey, guess what? You're really good at it because you naturally love this stuff and you're just going to naturally do it. (laughs) So there shouldn't be any fear around actually pursuing your dreams, but I digress. We can't go back, right? Ahimsa, self-love. It's okay. I knew in my true core that I loved the human body. I loved studying sports and physical fitness. I loved anything having to do with movement and having to do with the mind. I loved psychology and nutrition, all of that. As I still very much do, which is why I'm here talking to you about this today. (laughs) 
And that's where I am today. I've decided after all of that, I started to get sick. I wasn't true to myself. I was working in corporate America. I did not fit in. It just, I felt out of place and I worked in it for many years. I worked in corporate America, trying different roles and different jobs for about eight to 10 years until I was like, I just cannot do this anymore. And I had to embark on a journey to find out who I was or to at least uncover the truth of who I am because I have always been there. It's not that I become someone different. I've always been there. So that's what truthfulness satya is. You start to shed all these false beliefs and narratives and stories so you can emerge as your true self. So I'll move on to the reverse. And the reverse of the card says, this is a call for truth. Where are you not being 100% authentic to yourself? Is there something you need to express, but are fearful of the conversation that will have to follow? Is your career in alignment with who you are at this point in your life? Are your friendships actively supporting your growth? Are there aspects in your relationship you've been overlooking that finally need the spotlight? Truth becomes louder when we ignore its calling. By stepping into the truth, you are committing to an elevated version of yourself and all that does not match your heightened vibration will fall away. What was true for you once may not be true for you today. Accept the seasonality of all things, including yourself. Think about all those things. Are you in alignment in your work, in your relationships? In the things that light you up? Or is the narrative in your mind telling you, well, life is just this mundane thing that I'm bored and you just got to work till you retire or you die. I mean, if that's what your mind has accepted, that's going to be a reality. But... Your mind has the ability to change your reality if you're willing to do that. You manifest what you think, just like the Buddha said. I'll read that quote one more time. The thought manifests as the word. The word manifests as the deed. The deed develops into habit and habit hardens into character. So watch the thought and its ways with care and let it spring from love born out of concern for all things. As the shadow follows the body, as we think, so we become. So when it comes to satya, truthfulness, and uncovering those layers to emerge as who you truly are, 
Think about those things that are no longer serving you, that are causing you that angst, that are causing that tension in your body that may have actually manifested into physical chronic ailments that are burdening you. I have this book that I highly recommend called The Body Keeps the Score by Dr. Bessel van der Kolk. And it talks about the scientific study of how the mind thoughts manifests into physical illness, ailment, whatever you want to call it, to the point where we all know it, you know it, you can become sick, you can become an anxious person, depressed, all kinds of different things because of the thoughts that we carry and the narratives in your mind. These narratives can either build up relationships or it can really break them down. And think about relationships that you've had. Think about those that are thriving and think about those that are not. Those that are not, did something happen along the way that created awkwardness or conflict? And was that conflict dealt with? And in which way was it dealt with? Was this feeling of awkwardness brought up and how? Was ahimsa used, love? Or was it just that defensiveness of, well, I'm right, they're wrong, so forget it, I'm no longer doing this. Think about how you talk to yourself and think about extending that love outwards. Is there love inside of you that you're extending to yourself? If not, maybe like that song, Man in the Mirror. I'm working on that man in the mirror. That one. Work on yourself. And over time, naturally, as you soften, as your tension starts to fade away, and it's not something that happens all of a sudden, it's not a one-time tension disappears. It is a practice. It is a constantly showing up for yourself, creating with your mind these thoughts. You're going to love yourself and setting up support structures to help you continue to practice ahimsa and satya. Self-love, non-harm, and truthfulness. It is a practice. And we can't do it alone. (laughs) Which is a great segue into what I actually do. I am a yoga teacher and a wellness coach. And if you desire to have someone 
that you can work with to set up these support structures. You're tired of this whole thought process of we work and we die. And, you know, maybe you went through something recently that's really made you think about life. What is this all about? And you want to have that love and extend it outwards because you realize that that's what life's about. It's about love and being true to ourselves and loving others. Then let's work together. I take one-on-one coaching clients and with these clients, we also have a telegram group. If you have the telegram app, it's kind of like a WhatsApp. Um, We'll get on there and share with each other kind of our journeys, where we are. We might share recipes, like whatever you're interested in sharing art. It doesn't matter. You get to show up as you are and encourage each other in your life where we can work together one-on-one. I will help you with journaling prompts, meditations. Some of these calls can be customized yoga flows for you. If that's what you desire, if what you desire is to become stronger in your body and your mind, we can do that. If what you desire is to feel just less anxious and invite more joy into your life, we can work on that. My approach to one-on-one coaching is that I'm your coach, but also just your guide and your mentor to help you maybe think about things differently and uncover the truthfulness, that truth of who you are, but you would be the one driving the ship. I'm right there with you. So if you'd like to work with me one-on-one, great. Email me at Vioni, V-I-O-N-Y, at verygratefulmind.com, V-E-R-Y-G-R-A-T-E-F-U-L-M-I-N-D.com. And we can talk and see if we're a good fit for each other and we can work together. I would love to do that. The wellness support, you have a desire and I can help you find ways to support yourself. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope that you can continue to carry ahimsa, that self-love, non-harm, non-violence, and satya truthfulness with you. The light in me loves and honors the light in you. Namaste.